Welcome to a new episode of Riyadh, a podcast on entrepreneurship in the Middle East and North Africa region. I'm Marissa Khurma, director of the Middle East program here at the Wilson Center. Today's guest is my new co-host, Imad Shawa, who is an entrepreneur in Amman, Jordan, but also has his own podcast, Howdy Arabia. Welcome, Imad, to the show. Thank you, Marissa. Glad to be here. So um, this is actually our first in-person interview as well. So I'm going to welcome you to D.C. since you're here at the Wilson Center. So tell us a little bit more about um, your story as an entrepreneur. You uh, founded Mlabbas, which is a print-on-demand business that basically features art and pop culture, not just from Jordan, but the region. Um, so what's the story behind Mlabbas? Well, Mlabbas started uh, officially in 2010 in Amman, uh, right after I had returned from a few years uh, in London working in finance. And uh, I had always planned my escape from the financial world to something more creative. Um, and it worked out. I, we started uh, a couple of friends of mine. Uh, we all started the side, the side business that we had actually tried bef- once before back in 2005 in Amman when we were just fresh grads uh, back from college. And it was basically apparel, uh, mainly T-shirts that had local cultural uh, symbols which did not exist back in 2005. I think the only Arabic uh, calligraphy or writing uh, T-shirts that were available in town were probably a Petra uh, Mm T-shirt that tourists could pick up downtown, but there was nothing else. Everybody else wearing a T-shirt, it basically came off a container like a dump from China or the U.S. that had some, you know, buzzwords that had nothing to do uh, with our culture, mm-hmm. and people didn't really understand what they were wearing. So right. we started off this trend way before. It was 2005. Uh, a lot of people started, uh, you know, began uh, over the last 20 years and uh, picked up where we started. And Labbas became... Um, we realized that customers were also interested in what in the trends that they... Uh, that they were, uh, you know, that, that, that they were looking into and things that, that relate to them. Mm-hmm. So the company shifted to a more print-on-demand type of business. Mm-hmm. So it kept the pop culture stuff mm-hmm. and it became more of a print-on-demand mm-hmm. service as well. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a business decision. And, you know, it's been, it's been 10 years and the journey... Uh, for me, it was like getting a bunch of MBAs and doing yeah. business in the MENA region, you know? <laughs> I, yeah, absolutely. It's it's learning by doing. It's the, it's the best way to learn. Um, so 10 years later, um, I'll ask you about what you've learned. But um, if you reflect back on how easy or not it was to actually set this up, uh, I mean, it's a small business or con- considered to be a small business. And the economy in Jordan, akin to other economies in the region, is primarily comprised of small and medium businesses, right? So from your perspective, what does that look like in terms of registration and capital and all the other elements that 
are part of that entrepreneurial journey? I mean, first, it was a shock coming from a financial world background. Before London, I was in New York uh, doing financial analysis at, for insurance companies, and then I was in banking. And then coming to Jordan, um, which I had grown up in, it was still a sort of a, like a slap in the face at, uh, in terms of uh, the types of uh, challenges that, that an entrepreneur faces, things that you would take for granted, things like finding the proper accounting software and having to go through four or five of them over the years, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, struggling with that and uh, staffing, you know, hiring the right people, mm-hmm. um, government agencies, I would say are the number one challenge for uh, entrepreneurs in yeah. Jordan, whether it be municipal uh, requirements or social security, yeah. laws changing every year, every other year. Um uh, t- customs taxes for for people dealing with with imports, uh, you know, imported good physical goods, um, income tax, sales tax. I yeah. mean, there are a bunch. And if if you're in the food and beverage, you, you can add on, you know, health and other stuff. Yeah. And it's all a uh, a pretty challenging. It's I w- I would say, um, you would you I I think being a local and understanding local culture. Mm-hmm. Uh, is something that's paramount to yeah. start a business in the Middle East. Unlike yeah. maybe in markets like the U.S., where yeah. an immigrant could come in and not have, not be fully immersed or integrated into American culture, but follow the rules and be ambitious and you know yeah. and push push through and maybe they'll right. get problem more. But in Jordan, it's 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 and in the MENA region, it's tough because of the the a lot of the institutions are are basically. They they they're a bit burdensome because they're themselves trying to survive. Yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. Um, so that was the biggest uh, takeaway mm-hmm. the first few years, mm-hmm, and apart from the fact that most competitors sell under uh, you know uh, uh, you know under the table, and not many people are in compliance with with all the tax codes. So yeah. you have to navigate your way. It's it's really like a, a, a navigation. Uh, and to, to 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 pick and choose your battles. Right. Um, another thing that was uh, that I would I would recommend people really look into when they start business is really seeking mentorship. Something that I mm. that basically I I realized after many years that I haven't really been seeking it. Maybe it's a personal skill that I should have uh, you know honed better to to really try to extract useful knowledge from people mm-hmm. uh, instead of working in a silo. Uh, mm-hmm. One of the reasons might have been is because the business I was setting up, uh, the print-on-demand business, there weren't any models around us that actually printed on demand for customers. Yeah, most companies in our field were either they mass-produced, they're either fashion companies that mass-produced, mm-hmm. or they're B two B companies that mass-produced, you know, items for for corporates. For business, yeah. We were sitting in in this new place where we would we harnessed the this huge demand and people wanting their own their own customized items mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and which required bringing in new machinery to Jordan, new printing machinery that never existed in Jordan. So we pioneered that. And that's kind of the, one of the reasons why we were in a silo. We weren't even yeah. part of any startup incubator culture or network or anything like that. We were literally heads down. 
mm-hmm. you know, knee deep in, in ink, yeah. <laughs> trying, to, trying to get a product out, basically. Yeah. And uh, yeah, the challenges, yeah, that's one of the main challenges. So do you think that um, young entrepreneurs who want to start their own business have a little bit more of a mature or a more mature ecosystem around them today? Because in 2005, maybe there was like one or two incubators, but now you have a few more. Um, And there are challenges with, I think, access to finance in particular. That's one thing that we heard from so many entrepreneurs. Um, But do you think that there, there are more opportunities? Yes, definitely there are. If you do a, even a Google search will will lead you down a decent path. Um, social media networks will connect you to people. If you're mm-hmm. active on any of them, LinkedIn or even Facebook, you'll be able to get in touch with uh, with different support networks and and you know attend seminars and and meet people. Um, what's even probably more useful are the tools that are that are now available. Mm-hmm. Even since COVID, there's more tools than there were three, four years ago. Yeah. People don't have to rent that much space and spend money on moving around. They can do things from home. They can, uh, even the, the software, there's a lot more free software they can start off with, whether it's mm-hmm. for accounting or customer, you know, relationship management or sales, uh, mm-hmm. you know, driving sales. So there's a lot of tools out there. And I see a lot of young people that come our way, whether through interviews for jobs, um, or they're coming in for sponsorship for their, for their college events or, or mm-hmm. some kind of corporate event. And uh, I'm happy to see a lot of kids really embracing this plethora of tech that's out there that they can use, which yeah. is amazing. It's really, really fantastic. Yeah, that yeah. is. That is really encouraging. And, I mean, I've been to your shop in Amman multiple times. I, I've noticed that your staff are also very young. Mm-hmm. Um, so is that part of your recruitment or is it just basically a reflection of the market? Uh, it's a bit of both. Um, I heard somewhere from this, uh, I think a Lebanese like fashion entrepreneur and she once said that when she interviews for her creative company, mm-hmm. she, act- she, ha- she asks uh, interesting questions like, what music do you listen to? Mm-hmm. For for like a graphic designer position. That makes uh, sense. To kind of, because apparently it's all connected. Your, your cultural, uh, you know, how, how plugged in you are in, in culture mm-hmm. is reflected in what music you listen to, for sure. example. Your cultural habitats, uh, yeah. 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 So comparing some, for example, if someone said, oh, I just listen to whatever's on the radio versus someone who dives deep into a genre and explains why. Yeah. That there's, there, those are two very different mm-hmm. uh, culturally mm-hmm. creative, you know, people you want in your organization. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you would go for the one that's more plugged into something because they understand subcultures. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of seeped into our hiring process. Mm-hmm. But sometimes it's just like, you know, at a creative place that's always you know, there's a lot of energy, there's a retail side, there's a printing side, there's warehousing, there's a different, there's, there's the graphic design team and the online, you know, uh, e-commerce side. Sometimes we hire people 
based on their need, like their need. Oh, you live nearby. We, we, you know, we just, we need someone to plug in for the weekend. Why don't you just come in? And yeah. then they end up becoming seven years on. They're like, oh, oh they're pretty. So yeah, we have sometimes it's haphazard That's hiring, great. you know, when you're in the creative yeah. field, you know. Yeah, 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 of course. It's not always, uh, you know, by the numbers. Yeah, no, <laughs> that 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 sounds about right. Um, particularly for your kind of business. Yeah. Um, so you mentioned... Um, that the pandemic has basically given us a lot more tools um, and perhaps more space to explore and be more innovative and create and try different things. Of course, it has come with it with many, many challenges, particularly, um, uh, you know, negatively impacting small and medium businesses. Um, But then, you took advantage of the pandemic and started your own podcast? Yes, that's right. Right. So tell <laughs> us a little bit more about Howdy Arabia. How did it come about? Um, and uh, what do you talk about? Yeah, well, um, two things about me that don't show up on CVs maybe or, uh, you know, or LinkedIn profile is that I'm passionate about... Uh, civil rights issues and social justice issues. Mm-hmm. And I'm also a YouTube junkie and content junkie and podcast junkie. So I listen to a lot of stuff. Okay. Uh, sometimes not very useful stuff. <laughs> but, and I always had this dream of connecting with people like we are right now, mm-hmm. you know, but even for longer stretches on a couch with maybe a drink or a joint or something like that. Yeah. So something a lot more casual and a lot more, uh, uh, you know, deeper and and uh, you know, going through topics that we might that were not planned. Mm-hmm. And uh, the pandemic, you know, hit in March 2020, and we were all stuck at home. Mm-hmm. And this sense of loneliness and like isolation. Mm-hmm. Uh, with all of us, probably grew grew a bit bigger. So I immediately decided, you know what. I'm going to start. Uh, no mic needed, just the mic on the laptop, yeah. Zoom account, yeah. and call up you know, my best friend who's going to be you know, the least uh, judgmental and harsh about how I interview people because I've never done it before. Yeah. So it started off that way. And I, I did so many episodes within mm-hmm. a few months because we weren't allowed, to, you know, and Jordan was a severe lockdown. You, were, you weren't allowed to cross the street. Correct. You know, uh, or leave your, your compound. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so... I combine these two things, you know, I love conversation, I love connecting with people, and uh, I have this itch for uncovering um, social issues and injustice, and it comes out even when I interview business people, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, uh, it either comes up with labor laws or tax laws or corruption, um, yeah. so that's kind of the ten- the uh, the flavor of Howdy Arabia. Yeah, it's uh, I always bring it back to that, you know, and maybe not enough. I've only done one long season of Howdy Arabia, and I'm on a break now, so this yeah. is this is perfect timing yes, for me to come absolutely. on Riyadh and and co-host with you. Absolutely, it's an honor. Um, so yeah, it's uh, I can't, you know, I'm excited for what the future holds. More, mm-hmm. you know, meeting more people, learning more things, and exposing a lot of other stuff that people need to hear. So, what kind of feedback did you get from some of your friends or listeners about the topics that you discussed? Yeah, um, yeah, people. I I got great feedback. You know, that was what kept me going as well. Even after the world opened up mm-hmm. and people, you know, we got busy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, 
you know, episodes about Jordan specifically in English, mm-hmm. um, apart from your podcast, very few out there. Yeah. Um, and this is why I'm excited to be here as well. There's not that much out there in English. People ask me, I'm glad, you know, tell me, they, they tell me that they're glad that it's in English, mm-hmm. even though, you know, others are like, why isn't it in Arabic? And I'm like, well, because um, you're going to reach tenfold with English. Everybody, you know, most, most of our audience understands a bit of English. Yeah. Plus you have most of the world that doesn't speak Arabic. So you get everybody. Yeah. Um, So yeah, it's um, um, it's it's really exciting. So um, podcasts in the region are more than a budding market at this point because I think the pandemic has really allowed the space for them to surge. Um, and I follow some of the reports that come out about uh, podcast listenership, and it's definitely on the rise. Um, so. Is this something that you think is will continue to rise even as we sort of move out of the pandemic? I mean, most people here hardly listen to the radio anymore because they, even if they're in the car, they still plug in their phones and they have, you know, um, a podcast to listen to, right? And there are so many out there in the U.S. Um, but how how do you see the market in the region? Is it on its way to becoming more competitive, you think? Um, or will be will, will there be some sort of pause given that people are emerging out of the pandemic? And- mm. Listen, I, I think there's, there's going to be slow growth, but growth. Mm-hmm. Um, as with a lot of these uh, pandemic-related, you know, uh, phenomenons like Zoom, for example. Um, but... What's going to happen, I believe, further on, um, further down the line, is is there's going to be a lot more niche podcasts. Mm-hmm. And niche podcasts are really the wealth of the content. Right. Where, where someone who is interested in, I don't know, um, soccer cards, soccer players, mm-hmm. for example, or collect, collecting stamps or something very niche, starts a podcast. And if it's in Arabic, it's, it'll probably be the only one and they'll get literally everybody in the market who's interested in that. Yeah. Um, it'll be the go-to place. So those kinds of podcasts, mm. I think, are going to be on the rise. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have a special place in the in the landscape. Mm-hmm. Um, as for like things like monetization, for example, you know, it's nearly, it's very tough to monetize. It's tough. You know, uh, there are amazing aggregators and producers out there that, mm. that have an umbrella of, like, that, that have a, a portfolio of podcasts, mm-hmm. uh, it's a struggle for them even mm. because, you know, everything's free for the user. Yeah, Advertising is not as uh, integrated as like mm. Facebook or Google search pages. Right. It's not as integrated. You can either, we can either mention product placement right now as we're talking, yeah. uh, which is not that, you can't measure as, uh, you can't measure the, the benefit for the advertiser yeah. as much as you would on a more mm-hmm. digitized platform like Facebook or Instagram mm-hmm. or Google. Mm-hmm. So that's going to be a tough road ahead, but it's the nature of the beast. It's yeah. it's more organic. Right. Uh, people don't less most people don't do it for the money. I certainly never got paid for Saudi Arabia. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You, yeah, you have it's the purpose is 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 not a financial purpose that that drives mo- most people at least to to start um to start a um podcast. 
Um, so just looking, um, looking sort of back at what you've done um, as an entrepreneur and um, I, I think podcasters are social entrepreneurs because it, it takes, it's a very similar journey. You know, there's risk involved and you have to establish, um, establish, establish yourself and, and deal with many challenges. Um, what are some of the, I guess, key lessons learned that you want to share with others who want to do something similar, um, follow their passion, find purpose in a project that may become an, you know, um, an enterprise, a business, or may not. Maybe it'll turn into a nonprofit of some sort. But what can you tell, especially hesitant youth? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Listen, it's it feels so good to to dive in, and the fear before diving in is is it can be immense sometimes. Mm-hmm. You know, we've all had uh, felt the fear before leaping into a project, and then look and then we look back and we're like, wow. That was me doing, you know, being courageous for a moment, and thank God for that. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's uh, <laughs> for me, honestly, the biggest thing I would tell youth is to try to get into a routine where you're feeling good from the start, the start of your day. That's kind of the root of most of your mm. the things you're going to do in life. Start like off your day really well. And corner that, habit. <laughs> Yeah, 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 okay. yeah. And w- which sometimes means you have to look at what you're doing the night before just mm-hmm. to kind of like wind down properly and like plan your day and then, you know, maybe meditate, be grateful in the morning, uh, do a workout. Like it's the simple things that work for me. And because I, I notice the difference between when I'm not doing these things and mm. when I am, it's, it's a massive difference. Yeah. It could really like affect somebody's uh, trajectory. Yeah. Uh, if they're in a if they're in a low state, yeah. um, and especially now with the, after the pandemic, young people are just bombarded with the most content they've ever in history in human history. Right. At the same time, they're dealing with the, uh, uh, you know, the sort of the hangover of isolation from the pandemic, mm-hmm. and maybe an overdose of content during the pandemic. And trying to be social, you know, socializing, and they're growing up at the same time. It's like, mm-hmm. and then there's financial burdens. It's just a mix. It's a hurricane of you know uh, different things. And uh, being in a good state of mind, I know it's just three words, but it, it's it's harder. It's harder to achieve, but uh, it, it comes with with uh, these little things that you do every yeah. day. Um, and if uh, you know. When I started the podcast, it took me weeks of listening to YouTubers talk about what mic to buy and what service to sign up for. Mm-hmm. And I at some at some point I felt lost. I'm like, damn, this is like contradicting information. Yeah. Do I have to invest so much? Some people are, you know, spending monthly, you know, a big big amount every month. So mm-hmm. um, seek out people who who have done a podcast. Like mm-hmm. I love telling start people who are starting off mm-hmm. uh, what to avoid. Mm-hmm. And just to distill the information for yeah. them. Seek out. That's my second thing is to seek out people for help. Yeah, thank you. I like that. Um, thanks for also highlighting the self-care element. Um, I think it's becoming more and more prominent in leadership development studies and programs. And a lot of people, I think, 
enter a workshop and when they see that there's a self-care element on the program, they're like, well, what, what does this have to do with everything? And it has everything to do with it because you have to, um, well, you have to main, maintain self in order to deal with um, the environment. And that's, it's not an easy thing to do, but I appreciate that you do it and that you also talk about it so openly. So thank you for that. So Ahmad, you and I have um, a few months ahead of us of really interesting um, uh, topics to tackle on Riyadh. So I'm really excited for the next few months. And thank you so much for joining me today. Looking forward to it, Marissa. Thanks so much. And uh, to you and your team as well. Thank you. This podcast is funded by a grant from the United States Department of State. The opinions, findings, and conclusions of this podcast are those of our guests and do not necessarily reflect those of the United States Department of State. Mm-hmm.